Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For some fantasy advice, and not just for week 15, but for the entire fantasy playoffs. And what better way to celebrate than with a very special guest who we will introduce in just a few moments. But first, what you can expect today on a loaded show. Our guest will join me, Zach Cohen of the Draft Network, with Cole Topham of Devil's Digest, as always, in handing out our weekly superlatives. Then we send him into the gauntlet with 10 takes on 10 players. And for the second half of the show, Cole and I will go rapid fire on players who you can or can't start each week for the rest of the season and some names will surprise you then we'll finish it out with your questions and some of the best league punishments you sent in all right here on the breakout football podcast sponsored by link me on the believe podcast network before we dive into it we got to thank our beloved sponsor and the fine people at link me link me is it's such a great way to not only connect to new people on one of the fastest growing social media sites out there but it is also a great and easy way to have all of your content in one place for anyone to see go download link me l-i-n-k-m-e right now and join the revolution and now that we got the good out of the way we got to talk about the bad specifically COVID 19 There are a lot of COVID news out there ahead of week 15, and it couldn't have come at a worse time. It's the fantasy playoffs right now. So to help us sift through everything going on, we brought in a budding star in the fantasy industry. If you don't know him from his work across a variety of sites like Fantasy Pros and FTN Network, well, you better get to know him. He's at Luke Sawhook on Twitter. Please welcome Luke Sawhook. Man, Luke, it is not only so great to have you, but it's even better to have another student with you, man. How are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for the for, thanks for the epic intro there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but all students that's that's rare commodity, especially uh, these days. I mean, I feel like I tweeted out the other day. Um, it's I, I forget sometimes that half my audience could be my mom or dad. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's weird to think about sometimes. You know, like I feel like I tweet a lot of the time, like thinking people as peers, but they're sitting back and I'm tweeting to like 55 year old men. You know, it's just weird. Like I post a lot of memes that I don't think they'll understand, but that's okay. They'll figure it out along the way. Yeah, but happy to be here. Happy to be here. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, you got a lot of work going on. You work for a whole bunch of sites. Where where can the people find you before we dive into everything that's going on right now? Honestly, just head over to the Twitter. You'll find everything there that you need. Um, I'm honestly mostly a social media manager first, but I mean, I tweet a bunch of, you know, random shit posts here and there. And then, you know, my own content throughout the day. And uh, I do fun little shows like Fantasy Jeopardy. I have my own podcast, uh, Hooked on Fantasy write articles. Uh, I do a bunch of stuff. I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Um, not in a good way, necessarily. Sometimes I kind of flake on things, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. I'm going to throw in a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. But anyway, head over to the Twitter. It's just uh, my first and last name uh, at Luke Sawhook. You'll see me with a Santa costume on for the, for the winter. Uh, so head over there and check it out and you'll find everything you need to know. No, I would argue that it's a good thing, Luke, because I feel like I go to your Twitter or scroll to the top of my timeline and there's something fantasy, but I think there's something for everyone. You know, I mean, I logged on the other night and you were asking, you know, like what's everyone having for dinner and you post your plate and it's, uh, it's like, there's something for everyone to enjoy for your Twitter I mean, account. I, I think that's why you attract so many people. I mean, I appreciate it, but you know, I kind of just, 
there's no like grand intent behind it or anything. I kind of just post whatever I want and see what happens. But yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. Best I think it adds a little bit more dimension right there. What do you say? The best approach to social media right there. Don't let anyone else yeah. dictate what you post. You know what? I agree with that. I mean, I do a lot of social media management for people. And I feel like sometimes the, mo- the more like stringent you are with your posting schedule, the worse it can be. So yeah, just throw stuff at the wall and see what happens. I guess it's a fun time. Not bad. Not a bad idea. Speaking from a true pro and speaking of social media, it's kind of been a set ablaze the past few days with, with all, all the news and like DeAndre Hopkins out for the rest of the regular season, the COVID news, a whole bunch of players and more to come sadly, but like Odell Jarvis Landry, Daryl Henderson, Jamal Williams, the entire Miami Dolphins backfield all in the, the COVID entire roster list. of the Cleveland Browns. Yep. They are, they're not looking healthy. Roger Goodell actually just came out a few minutes before the show and said they haven't discussed postponing the Raiders game, but it's definitely someone to keep an eye out for. So I don't any part of those, those news, those COVID updates that really stick out to you from a fantasy perspective, Luke. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, in general, you're kind of just looking to those backups to step up, right? I mean, for the Browns, Donovan Peoples-Jones is an enticing one with Jarvis Landry out if you're going to go for them. But I mean, Case Keenum's out, so it makes it a little less exciting. Sony Michelle is going to continue to crush while Dara Henderson's gone. Um, I mean, besides that, not really. I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like it's pretty cut and dry. You know, just look for those backups who can step up and do a larger role. You're seeking the volume over, you know, the, the home run plays. So look for the guys who will get a lot more touches than normal. Go for them. Uh, as far as COVID goes, I also think it's just really interesting that we're having a huge NFL breakout at the same time that the NBA is having a big breakout, which is really, really interesting to me. Um, but who knows, you know? Yeah, Cole, you brought that up before the show too. I don't, I don't know if there's anything else that you'd like to add on to what Luke said because if there's, if this is the breakout right now, no pun intended, by the way, because this is the Breakout Football Podcast. Breakout, terrible, terrible. Man, that's such meaning. a terrible pun, Zach. Yeah, yeah, it's just a terrible double meaning. But <laughs> any other uh, tidbits or thoughts about the COVID breakout right now? Because where there is players getting COVID, there will almost assuredly be more. So any other situations you're looking at, Cole? Not much, just like overall, I feel like this is going to be something that will be normalized in the future. Like, okay, we saw this past flu season, people are also getting COVID shots along with their flu shots. And I think it's just, it's just going to happen. Like there's going to be these flu breakouts every, they they happen every single season. There's going to be COVID breakouts like towards the end of the year. And it's just something to adapt to. I mean, I I was just searching online a few minutes ago just trying to find out who will be starting for the dolphins and i, I there nobody has re, like named a replacement i'm actually yet. the tight end one for the dolphins this week i don't know if you guys <laughs> found out yet okay so add luke sahook and and your sleeper and, and your yahoo and ESPN. i have tight end and wide receiver eligibility so I'm but yeah Lindsay, uh javon holland gaskin mm. all of them on the covid19 list so that is definitely a situation to monitor i mean it just might be like a, a run or a wide receiver might line up at running back. Mm-hmm. You want a little, a uh, little insider tip before yes, we get on with our weekly superlatives. If the dolphins don't have any healthy running backs, that means Duke Johnson would be the guy, but I don't think he's the guy in that backfield. I think the real guy who gets benefited there, aside from the passing game, maybe a few more passes from Tua is Jalen Waddle. I think we could see him get a few carries too. So any, any props on total yards, Smash the over, baby. Always take the over. So Always take that, the over. Yes, sir. With that, we'll get into our first weekly superlative. Cole, as always, why don't you kick things off? What's the superlative you're bringing to the table first? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that isn't benefiting from COVID necessarily, but is benefiting from opportunity, and that's 
Rashad Penny. I mean, would you believe it? The time is now for Rashad Penny because this again, trap Houston, is. I fell into this trap so many times. I'm <laughs> no, but this time it might be legit. Okay, 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Was used sparingly in the receiving game, but he got one reception. And this is just a long time coming for him because the the biggest problem with Penny hasn't necessarily been like the talent or the production. It's been staying on the field because. He missed time over his first three seasons with leg and calf strains, multiple knee injuries towards ACL in 2019. Now he's healthy, has the support of the coaching staff. Pete Carroll said there's no reason to think that Penny doesn't deserve the shot as a starter. And, and coming off that Houston performance, you can't really blame him for, th- for thinking that way. But this is what I'm getting at. And th- this is what has really convinced me. Seattle is five and eight right now. They aren't competitive. They're basically out of the playoff picture. So they don't really have much to lose by rolling with Penny as the feature back for the rest of the season. Why not finally get the most out of your first round talent that you've stuck by with and believed in for so long in an absolute wash of the rest of the season? Yeah, it's not a bad point. I mean, Seattle just, hey, they feel like they need to be running the ball all the damn time. So it doesn't look too convinced, though. Yeah, my no, two... I am. I, th- I mean, Penny's good. I, I just, you know, it's Rashad Penny. I, I'm not like doing jumping jacks <laughs> and backflips, but like he, he will get work and he will be solid. I'm just doing research for my for my picks, actually. Ooh, well, why don't you give us a few waiver wire picks? Uh, the the time is now sure. for what players, Luke? Sure, I'll save one for later for another superlative coming. Nice. Um, but my top ads this week actually it might be Royce Freeman. Uh, as mm. gross as that is for the Houston Texans. Uh. A lot of injuries there, uh, some volume there. Gabriel Davis is also a great one, in my opinion. Uh, he's had a couple good games uh, over the past couple weeks. He he had 11 points against the Patriots and 15.3 against the, uh, the Buccaneers. Coming up on Carolina, I feel like he'll be a fine add. Uh, I think he's interesting for sure. And then Craig Reynolds, running back for the Lions, is also a name to watch there. Um, he had 11.9 points last week. Can't argue with production. So he's definitely uh, worth rostering as a potential stash while Swift's out. Who knows? Jesus, that is week 15 in a COVID season. This is you. a reminder, kids, to spend your fab early in the season. Don't sit on your money. I always tell people this, and people, I mean, people spend their fab, um, but if you don't know what fab is, if you're listening, it's free agency acquisition budget, so you can bid on waiver wire players. Definitely switch to it in your leagues if you don't already. But anyway, uh, it's a big strategy uh, to spend up on the guys early, like the Cordero Pattersons of the world, instead of waiting until week 15 and have 50 bucks left to spend on Gabe Davis. Uh, so make sure you spend that fab early. Yeah, and you know, one player who you could spend it on, possibly as a segue to my superlative, the biggest revival, Rashad Bateman. Bateman's back, baby. I wrote about him in my waiver column for the Draft Network. I went Sammy Watkins injured. Bateman slid right back into his wide receiver two role. He was tied for the most targets on the team with seven. He was running routes all over the field, which is a slight change from his intermediary to short area role before he or before Watkins came back. He had good chemistry with Tyler Huntley, too. I think that's an underrated aspect of uh, rookies or even players who were normally on the bench. So if Lamar does miss time, which right now we're unsure if he'll play this week or not, I can see that Rappaport like really building up. I expect them to be throwing the ball a good amount versus Green Bay, too. So I think it's safe to add Bateman back to your roster. I don't know if you have any other thoughts about Bateman also, Luke. Bateman's solid. I mean, I, I don't love him as a weekly play, but I think he's a good, like, flex here or there, depending mm-hmm. on the matchup. He's a, good, he's a good player. I think he has a great future. Uh, my guy for this category, if I had to pick one, would be Sony Michelle. 
Um, I feel like a lot of people drafted Sony thinking that he would have a huge role in the Rams backfield. And uh, some people were kind of scared of him threatening Daryl Henderson. That didn't really happen. Um, but he sat on a lot of rosters all season long and did nothing, but he's back to life now uh, with Henderson out with COVID and he's getting a big workload. So, I mean, he played a hundred percent of snaps last week against the Cardinals. Didn't have a good game, only 7.9 fantasy points, but a hundred percent of snaps for a running back is absolutely bonkers. I'm going to be playing that guy every week. Yeah. Zach and I were joking the other week, like, because Daryl Henderson was out and Sony Michelle was on the field and, you know, did great work, but Sean McVay was like, no, he's not going to be the feature back moving forward. We think Henderson's a better player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. Like we're seeing this resurgence early or later in the season, especially with Henderson, the COVID-19 complications. We'll see if Michelle is legit or not. Um, I want to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, Zach, about, quarterback chemistry because I think that's what we're kind of seeing um, transform in Carolina with Robbie Anderson and whoever is at the helm for the Panthers because as long as it's not Sam Darnold it seems like the Carolina passing attack guess who just got activated for my art today oh yeah Sam Darnold he's back no maybe oh no 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 no, no. because that guy (laughs) we spoke either last week or two weeks ago about how much the bye week would benefit Cam Newton to get reintegrated with the Panthers in the receiving core. And that didn't really happen, but I don't think we should be surprised to see Robbie Anderson put up season high numbers against the Falcons defense. He had seven catches on 12 targets. Most looks he has seen since week six. And those were for 84 yards and a garbage time touchdown from PJ Walker because the Carolina Panthers flipped in the fourth quarter, 21.4 PPR points from Robbie Anderson. That's super encouraging for a receiver that has been a liability all through the midseason, likely taking up valuable space on your bench. But I kind of like this new look Panther aerial attack because they seem energized with either of those two quarterbacks at the helm because Darnold, they just look sluggish and at least Walker and Newton provide at least some of a spark to get the offense into a rhythm and put together a solid drive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My change of forecast player is the one I was saving for later. This is my favorite waiver ad. Uh, I've been a big fan of this player. He's a rookie um since the draft process a lot of people don't really care about him but i do um amon ross st brown a rookie wide receiver for the lions uh, yes. i loved his film i thought he was a very good player i thought he was gonna be like a second and third round pick slipped to the lions in the draft haven't seen him done much this season um but he's come on strong the last two weeks he's his snap percentage is up over the course of the year uh last two games he's seen 12 targets uh two weeks ago against minnesota put up 24.8 points 12 targets, 10 catches for 86 and one last week against the Broncos, which are a pretty good defense, 12 targets for eight catches, 73 yards, no touchdown, but that's another solid game from Amon Ross St. Brown, two games in a row, over 70 receiving yards, two games in a row with 12 targets. I think it's sticky. I think it's staying. We had a quote from Jared Goff the other day. I don't have it in front of me uh, anymore, but he basically said that he's a stud. He can be a, a really good player in the NFL as long as he wants to keep trying and putting in the effort. He's been wanting to give him the ball all season long and he's a stud, but he, Finally, he's found a connection with him, and um, I think he's a very good player for the rest of the year. I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. He's only rostered in 32% of sleeper leagues. Hmm. I like that. I like the one. I keep getting questions about him. I had someone ask me if he should start St. Brown over Metcalf this week, and I told him. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. As <laughs> bad as Metcalf has been, he's still DK Metcalf. I do like that you brought up St. Brown, and that's a good transition to my final superlative before we go into 10 takes. The same Brown definitely has some dynasty value, definitely has some value this week and for the rest of the season. 
but he doesn't have as much value as one player who has been the hottest name in fantasy football. It's about damn time. My future star superlative, Javante Williams. My goodness. The long-awaited breakout is here. Finally, we talked a bit about him last week, but man, he just looks so good. How can we not talk about him again? He's had 20 plus points in each of the last three games following Denver's buys. Shout out post by bump. He scored 21.3 points despite seeing nine fewer carries and one fewer snap than Melvin Gordon. Now, of course, the Broncos were playing ahead against the Lions, so naturally they'd be running the ball a bit more, which is fine. But looking, forget this week, Look at next year. I think Williams is a borderline first round running back, even if Gordon stays with the team. He's just no, so good. No, 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 Top no. Top player to have. I love Javante, but if Melvin Gordon's there, there's no way he sniffs round two. Maybe. Hmm. All right, because here's the thing. If he if Melvin Gordon's gone, I think he'll be on the turn. I think he'll be that yes. 112, 201, 202 player. But if Melvin Gordon stays, I think we'll see him go late third, early fourth. How hmm. likely is it you think he'll stay? I, yeah, don't think that's, I don't think there's good odds. I think Melvin Gordon's going to go. And yeah. even then, even if, let's say, Gordon does stay, I'm expecting something to change in that offense, whether it's a new quarterback or whether it's a new play caller, hell, even maybe a new head coach. I just – maybe it's a little bit of bias because we all know how good he is. I just can't in my heart of hearts imagine a world where Gordon and Williams have to split carries again for another year. So I think I'm just kind of projecting that. But either way, he is a stud. Someone said he's like a top three dynasty player oh. right now. I don't know about that, but he has potential to be a top three player in fantasy. We just have to see a little bit more. After all, three games is a good snippet. It's a good trend, but it's not – what a player is. You can't judge a player off three games, let alone even one season. But either way, he's a very good. He's so good. He's like, I I think it's been pretty clear that when those two are on the same field at the same time, Javante has looked more explosive um, and just more more fresh, really. I mean, and those are like the younger legs, obviously Gordon's dealt with his fair share of injuries throughout his career, but it's just Javante looks just more I mean, explosive. Javante, Javante has always had that juice about him. If you watch his film coming out as a prospect, yeah, he was uh, he's, a, he's a nasty runner. He has that big playability. He's he hits the hole fast, he hits it hard, he breaks tackles, he's a very elusive. He has like the highest juke rate or break tackle rate in the NFL right now. He's a he's a monster. Any other future stars on your radar, Luke, before we dive into some? Yeah, takes? I'll actually be a little bit more bold with this one. Uh, I'm not doing one that really sticks out. Um, but I'm gonna go with Tony Pollard. Uh, I love Tony Pollard. I don't know about you guys. I'm a big Tony Pollard fan with Ezekiel Elliott there. He's still an RB two borderline on the season. He's the RB 26. Um, he's had some really good games this season. I mean, he's been over uh, 15 points five times. I mean, that's pretty good for a backup running back. Um, Tony Pollard should be the starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I agree. He's not going to be, but he should be. Um, because Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott. He is better in every measurable metric that you can think of that's the most valuable. He's better in yards per carry. He gets, um, he's a better receiving back. He's more efficient in running and, uh, and pass catching. I don't know about blocking, and I sure, I understand that carrying a, a high workload is a skill that Ezekiel Elliott does possess. I mean, the workhorse back is a skill. Um, but I think Tony Pollard is a very uber efficient running back who is one of the highest yards per carries in the NFL. I believe it was top five last time that I checked. He's very, very good. Has a ton of juice as a runner. 
And I think he has a very, very bright future in Dallas, especially with Ezekiel Elliott's uh, going towards the twilight of his career. I mean, he's still good, but he's nowhere near as good as he used to be, in my opinion. Uh, and the Cowboys were smart. I think they would try to get rid of Zeke and let uh, Pollard take the reins, uh, but I don't think they will. Unfortunately, but I'm still putting Tony Pollard as my future fantasy star because I do think he is a future star. Mm. I love Tony Pollard. It's sad because he's still under contract next year for the Cowboys. So unless he's traded, it may be more of the same. They're going to keep him. Or unless, who knows? Nah, McCarthy's staying. Sorry, Dallas fans. It's not even a bad thing. You're good. You're the best team in the NFC East. You're fine. You're fine. Maybe it's not that hard to be the best team in the NFC East, but they are very good this year. They should like do delegation where like if you win the nfc east you're like promoted to like i don't know like the nfc west or something and the bet worst team in the <laughs> nfc west just is like relegated it's to the, the nfc, east. NFC east yeah yeah definitely. seems to be the garbage bin of the nfc they do it like in in soccer where the top two teams move up and yeah, relegation yeah. Teams move down that'd be an interesting nfl format maybe we'll dive into that in our off-season series it's like hey what if relegation spice up the no fun league Oh, That'd yeah. be cool, but you would need like a minor league NFL to feed into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jacksonville and Detroit have technically been minor league teams for like a correct. few decades now. Correct. So. That is correct. Just right. put them in a league of their own, I guess. Anyway, 10 takes, staple of the show here on the breakout football podcast. Luke, hopefully your seat's pretty warm because it's about to get a lot warmer. We each have five players. We're going to rotate naming them for you you just give us a take on them you can take as long as you want you can just do say two words and move on cool. cole kick things off give him your player one yeah player one jimmy garoppolo not a single performance over 20 points on the season except for week 14 against the Bengals. attempted 41 passes season high threw two touchdowns to beat cincinnati in overtime that's not to say garoppolo played particularly well in that game but he got the job done that pretty much sums up his fantasy performance this season but over the next three weeks he's got a juicy schedule falcons titans texans is garoppolo somebody you might trust in your starting lineup if you are in the playoffs man it'd be tough to trust him i mean honestly hopefully if you're in the playoffs you don't have to start jimmy garoppolo and you have a better option um but yeah it sounds i mean he sounds like he's a great option going forward what i was gonna say if you were just gonna say jimmy garoppolo I would have replied underrated. Um, I think he's honestly a pretty underappreciated quarterback. He's not as bad as people think. He's just been injury prone. Um, I mean, give him George. I mean, ever since George Kittle's been back, he's been better. Uh, Kittle's been a huge weapon for that team. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a fine quarterback. I think he's a very average guy who can get the job done and win your team football games. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. They almost beat the Chiefs if he would have hit that long touchdown pass. Yep. Um, you know, Jimmy G is not bad. He really isn't. Uh, I like I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Sticking on the page i guess i, don't know, I couldn't think of a better word of quarterbacks <laughs> you are a steelers fan so yes. i would have to ask you about big ben roethlisberger thoughts as a fantasy quarterback and feel free to throw thoughts overall about him uh fantasy quarterback i mean not great i don't think he really starting ben uh he's been super meh uh, if you're in the playoffs and have, start, have to start Big Ben, I'm sorry. I have some bad news for you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad this is his last season as a Steelers fan. I want him to go out not being absolute garbage. I mean, he's been washed this year, but he hasn't been that bad. He played a really good game last week against the, against the Ravens, and they lost. It was unfortunate to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like Ben, good quarterback. But the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, actually, I tweeted, I think that Steelers would be – I think he would be a great uh, bridge gap quarterback for the Steelers while they wait for a stronger yeah. quarterback class to come around. I, but I don't know. They might draft one this year. We'll see. Hmm. 
we'll keep that in mind when we start gearing toward NFL draft. Cause like, look, the teams that need a quarterback right now, you got to at least try for Aaron Rodgers, try for Russell Wilson. Sure. Don't know how realistic that Dude, is, but Russell Wilson to the Steelers would make me cry tears of joy. I need it. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. Any team with Russell Wilson was better than the team he's on right now. They're... The thing is with the Steelers, um, I don't know if they're going to draft a quarterback this year because the class isn't very strong uh, opposed to some other classes recently. And then also this team is built to win now. I mean, they have their flaws. Uh, offensive line being one of them uh, and secondary is a little thinner. Uh, but what I'm saying is if you spend the free agency money on a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, uh, and then you, you draft offensive line and build around them. I mean, this team could easily make the playoff next season. Oh yeah, definitely. And with that, we'll move on to some running backs. We love the running backs here on BFP as no. most people tend to not. We're definitely not a zero RB show. I can tell you that. Nope. I'm not uh-huh. a zero RB man. Don't worry. I'm a strong RB man. Thank God. <laughs> See, I knew, I knew we brought you on the show for a reason. Luke. Absolutely. All right, so Cole, strong RB man, Gibson, Antonio Gibson. What's been going on with him? Cause I mean, he's dealt with the shin injury. His role gets decreased when Washington is forced to put the ball in the hands of Taylor Heineke. But overall, I just feel like there's there's not really too many weapons outside of him and McLaurin for defenses to feel wary about. I mean, I guess I'm just surprised that for someone who was revered so much for his, his receiving talent coming out of college, he isn't seeing more work there, even if McKissick does handle most of those duties. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, J.D. McKissick needs to go bye-bye. We don't like J.D. McKissick for Gibson. <laughs> uh, he's gross. Uh, he needs a new quarterback who will actually give him checkdowns. That'd be great. Um, just in general, I think, a, I think a new quarterback would be awesome for him because he'll be scoring more points, uh, more efficient offense, open up the passing game more, load out the, lighten up the box for him a little bit more, make him easier to run the football. He's a great player. I, I'm a big Antonio Gibson truther. Um, I think the reason he's down, he's down on the season is because of that shin injury. I mean, it's a big one. It's a pretty major injury that he's playing, through, especially for a running back. Uh, very, very bad. And he's still doing fine. Uh, you know, he's not having a great year, but he, he's dealing with Taylor Heineke leading the offense, heavier boxes, and that shit injury. So all those things combined, I think he's doing just fine. Um, I like the future for him. I'll just be patient. So Cole brought up Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm curious what you think about Elijah Mitchell. He was not at practice today. Oh but whether you have thoughts about him for this week, beyond, next season, whatever, unleash him now, my friend. I am going to be the Elijah Mitchell hater on Twitter for Dynasty uh, for a long time. Uh, wow. The price on him is ridiculous right now, in my opinion. Not ridiculous necessarily, but I've seen some polls that have him at running back. Uh, somebody in the community, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Spence, is at his JTRB1. Um, mm-hmm. He does polls occasionally where he like takes the temperature on the fantasy community and, uh, and fantasy running back rankings for Dynasty. And Elijah Mitchell is like RB. 14 or 17 right now or something like people have him like over Zeke and other like stud running backs. And I honestly think it's insane um, for a few reasons. I have a whole thread explaining why I don't like him on Twitter. If you, if you want to check <laughs> after the show um, it's Kyle Shanahan can't stick to a running back to save his life over the last seasons. I mean, we've had Tevin Coleman, Elijah Mitchell, Matt Rita, Jeff Wilson, um, I mean, I can't think of all the top of my head right now, but there's a million guys who have had a fantasy relevancy for the 49ers over the last two seasons, including Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell's been very good. Don't get me wrong. This season, he's a great option. Really, really good. But you got to remember, he was a sixth-round running back. Remember what happened to James Robinson this past year? Teams don't value draft capital as you think they do. It's very, very different. So that's just a point to keep in the back of your head. Not the end-all be-all. 
But just remember that sixth round running back draft capital. But the main reason I don't love them is because the 49ers always have a ton of backs in that rotation for them. And he is the starter for one reason, and that's injury. He locked into the role because of injury. It's kind of how I view it's different, but it's how I view a little bit the Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers kind of deal. So Cam Akers was supposed to be the starter. Raheem Mostert was supposed to be the starter. Both get injured. Daryl Henderson steps up. Elijah Mitchell steps up. Running back starter for the rest of the season. Been very, very productive. Been very good. A little different, I understand, because Cam Akers is going to be coming back next year. Mostert's not. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to walk, most likely. But I think you understand where I'm getting at, where I like Mitchell this season, but the position – the running back room for the 49ers year to year has been way too volatile over the last couple seasons for me to invest heavily in him. I just don't understand why people are like, I'm in love with him. He's my RB 14 in dynasty. He's not that stable yet. I'm sure. Listen, I get it. He could happen. No, they could bring in nobody. It could be Elijah Mitchell and some random, it could be the Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon show next year. No idea. It could be the, the Elijah Mitchell show. I don't know, but I'm just saying for dynasty, I would much prefer more stable running backs at his price seems like you kind of wish the running backs would earn the role and not necessarily yes. you know, just happen into it because of, you know, the natural progression of the football season. So like if Elijah Mitchell, him and Trey Sermon go head to head and train camp next season and Elijah Mitchell comes out as the feature back, which I don't think will happen because like you said, Kyle Shanahan, just they're going to add more backs. Whoever's the fresh. They do. Yeah. They're going to yeah. bring in, well, they're going to bring in more guys. They always do. Every season, they bring in more guys. I mean, they drafted Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon this year to pair with Raheem Mostert and whoever else they had. I mean, they have a billion running backs every season. And like you said, it's a big thing. I just don't like that he lucked into it with his draft capital and injury. I just, I'm not a huge fan for long term. Uh, but this season, I think he's great. He's getting a ton of carries and he's been very efficient. Makes sense. Well, one player you did like, well, I guess Cole, you, you, you can introduce it. It's your yeah, player you. after all, as we still got five more players left on 10 takes with Luke Sawhook at Luke Sawhook. Pretty self-explanatory. Nice little plug there. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. I mean, earlier in the show, you mentioned Gabe Davis and how, you know, he he's, he's on your waiver wire radar, but not necessarily somebody you're you're too hyped about. What does he need to do to break out of this like middling wide receiver three, wide receiver four territory? Because with how much like the run game is non-existent in Buffalo and the potential of Josh Allen, you would think somebody would pace Stephon Diggs in this offense. And it's been Emmanuel Sanders at times when he's been available, when when he's been available, but he's been inconsistent. And Davis showed what he could do when Sanders was out last game, eight targets, 43 yards, a touchdown. So uh, do you, do you believe in Davis? Is there a potential for him to carve out a, a better role and, and a more, pro more productive role in this offense? Or is it kind of just, you know, pass to whoever's open in this Buffalo offense? This season, I think it's passed to whoever's open, but long-term, I think Gabe Davis can step into the wide receiver too permanently. Uh, I mean, he was a huge dynasty guy this off season, uh, but Emmanuel Sanders, you know, came and really rained on that parade there, but long-term, I still like him. I think he has good value this season though. It's, Kind of just hit or miss, honestly. I like him, though. I like him. I, I don't love him. I like him on Ross St. Brown more, if that tells you anything. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Big St. Brown guy. Uh, you also talked about Rashad Penny at the beginning of the show. And I just wanted more of your more of your thoughts on him. Is there a world where he is a startable running back this week? After all, like he's hot, and the running back position overall is not. So at any like, would you give consideration to starting Penny, or is he just like a complete no-go for you? Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, in the playoffs, it gets a little shakier with, you know, staring down those decisions between Rashad Penny or a guy who's been reliable for you all season, and I understand that. 
But in general, just like on paper, Rashad Penny should definitely be a startable asset this year. Not this year, the rest of the season. Uh, as long as people in front of him are injured still or out. Um, it's just anyone who has a pulse, who is the starting running back for the Seahawks, will get enough volume to get the job done. Anyone who has a pulse, man, that's, that's good. I'm writing that down. You can say that about the Niners backfield every season. That's what, that's that why about- I don't like Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan can turn anyone into a wizard. I mean, look at how good <laughs> Matt Burita was with the 49ers and he got like cut by the dolphins. Like he it's Kyle Shanahan and he said he's a magician and that's not anything against Elijah Mitchell necessarily, but it's more pro Kyle Shanahan in the sense that he can make any running back good. So why can't he draft another six round guy like Elijah Mitchell and make him another featured back? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why he scares me. Yeah. All right. We got to speed things up because your time is valuable, Luke, but LaVisca Chanel, I, I got to know your thoughts on him. <laughs> is it possible to, for him to have the season we all envisioned for him? Like not this season, obviously, but next season, if Urban Meyer is still head coach, because he's out there running routes into his own receiver, a full-time role in the slot hasn't really seen much, you know, to help him uh, for a guy that can really do it all he's not really doing all that much. He's just 30 receiving yards and change each of the last three weeks, not a single touchdown in all of 2021. Is, is there, is there, is there light at the end of the tunnel for LaVisca Chanel next season? If they figure it out. I think there is. I honestly think his career could be a bit like Debo Samuel um, in the sense that he could be a bit of a, a mid wide receiver, if you will. Um, but then uh, every once in a while, you know, comes along, he has hot games. He has a hot season here and there. Um, the thing is, I mean, he's talented, and it's a growing offense with Trevor Lawrence and company, and a couple of years from now, I think he'll be very good. It just, you know, give it time. I think the key with him is just be patient. Yep, there you go. It's kind of like everyone expected, maybe expected too much from him. or But then again, like, it's an Urban Meyer offense. Maybe I don't think his expectations were that high like, this season, honestly. No, I, I blame Ian Tartich of, of PFF. He was pounding the, the Chanel train all offseason. I feel like a lot of people were remember, like, I think one of our first episodes, we talked about players who were on the hype train and whether they should be like, you should be or shouldn't be. And one of them was Chenault. And both of us were just like, no, like, no, not really. Like there's probably shouldn't be, or at least I definitely was uh, one player who I've been pounding the table for a lot in recent weeks. And he's made me look pretty damn good with his production. Russell Gage, I guess like the de facto wide receiver one in Atlanta's somewhat all right somewhat sucky offense just your overall thoughts on gauge gauge is good i I agree with you i mean i i liked gauge the number two option this year before with calvin ridley in the equation but you know i like gauge i think gauge is a good player um and i think he's making the most of his opportunity yep and now this is the best part of 10 takes because we normally end with tight ends and cole part of 10 takes loves tight ends oh i love this one that's coming up oh no Okay, Um, this one was less painful for me to write some notes about, but Pat Fryermuth, I envision Pat Fryermuth as a guy who could be so much more at his position, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, if not for Big Ben throwing the ball, because you look at him, he's a great red zone magnet, he has like nine touchdowns inside the 10-yard line, and when you look at him, he's athletic, he can stretch, make some pretty impressive catches, it's pretty clear to me that this is a receiving tight end like he's not out there to be not harris's lead blocker he's out there to carve up both actually he can do both but i think he's best suited for that receiving role because he he can finesse with deontay johnson on crossing patterns i think he could be much more consistent without those touchdowns with the quarterback with a new quarterback next season yeah I, i mean his nickname is baby gronk for a reason he's very good um, I'm a Steelers fan, but on seriously unbiased, I love Pat Fryermuth. I've been pounding the table for him 
all for like a year almost, uh, and especially in Dynasty for tight end premium leagues. I drafted him everywhere. Um, he was super cheap just because he was a second round draft pick instead of a first rounder, in my opinion. And the thing that people don't understand about him, but they do now. Well, I don't even know if they do now. Let's see if you guys know this. Eric Ebron's contract's up this offseason. He's going to be gone, even though he didn't really do that much this year. Um, and pretty much Fryerman's job to lose. Ebron's going to be gone this offseason. They're definitely going to let him walk, in my opinion. And Fryerman's going to be their tight end one of the future for a very long time. Uh, it's not as prevalent now as it was at the beginning of the season, like I said, because Ebron was like the one still to most people. Um, but you could have got it, dude. You could have got Fryermuth for like nickels before the season started. But now he's like maybe like a couple quarters. Uh, he's still he's still not the most expensive in the world, but he's he's a good player. I have this tweet pulled up here uh, from the other day. Uh, it's kind of a meme tweet. I don't know if you can see the picture there. Uh, that's Pat <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, this was uh, December sixth, so this was pretty recent. Uh, it says Kyle Fraud hasn't scored more than ten points in the last six games, while Pat Daddy Fryermuth over the last seven games is five for seven over eleven points. He's very <laughs> good. He's a good fancy tight end. He's a lot better than Kyle Pitts this season. I'm gonna try and get him everywhere in Dynasty this offseason. Love him. We love oh, Pat Fryermuth going forward. Very very good value for how productive he is. <laughs> I love that pick. Everyone kind of like was, was ranting about it because I didn't think they needed a tight end, but he he was perfect for them. He should be a staple. Totally agree. Real quick sidebar. One more time here. Um, ever since Heath Miller retired for the Steelers, great tight end hall of famer, maybe in the future. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. He was yeah, very probably good. not, but yeah, I guess he's it. very good. Anyway, after they left, they've been trying to find their tight end in the future to replace him for a very long time. They drafted Jesse James. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember him. He yeah. was very average for a long time. And then they signed the Darius Green from the Chargers to be like their field stretcher vertical threat tight end. Total boss got way too many concussions. Signed Eric Ebron to be a replacement. Didn't work there either. Too many drop passes. Now we have Pat Fryermuth, who is awesome. Love him. Tight end of the future. Star to come in Pittsburgh for a long time. Yeah, there you go. I remember, I remember when that whole that whole draft really was just kind of like Steelers. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, guys, like, I loved it. I think they right. said that they're for the future. Right. The yeah, Steelers exactly. have the youngest average age of any offense in the NFL. Oh wow, I would not have guessed that. You'd think Big they Ben do. would be weighing that down by like fifty plus years. Exactly. Take away Ben, and like they're so. I mean, people forget how young they are. I and mean, you Juju, Deontay Johnson, and Claypool, pretty fresh offensive line, and Najee and Fryerruth. I mean, it's a young offense, very very young. Not bad. Well, we got one more player before uh, you get on out of here. Austin Hooper, tight end of the Steelers rivals. He had 14 points last week, zero the week before, 9.3 the week before that, 12.4 the week before that. Is there, like, reason to maybe start him amidst this crapshoot that is a tight end position? He's gross, honestly. He's in, he's in that tier below the guys like Fryermuth and Goddard and Zacher. It's like, it's just like, below that tier, it's just like, kind of close your eyes and pick one. Um, <laughs> it's not great. I don't love That's what Cole does. That's what Cole does for tight yeah, ends. There I, mean. I mean, it's Every what you do. You, you, stream him, you stream him, you close your eyes and you pick yep. him, or you draft a good one. And that's about it. So, I mean, he's in that tier for me. I would much rather have a guy like Fryermuth or Ertz or okay. anyone than Austin Hooper, honestly. I don't <laughs> like, I'm a huge Baker Mayfield uh, non-believer. I hate Baker Mayfield for real life and fantasy. Fair um, seriously, okay, I'm a Steelers fan. I get it, but it's non-biased. I think he's like the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. He's a fraud. Anyway. I, I feel like it's kind of overrated how much everyone says he's overrated and overrated now. Like, I feel like everyone kind of knows, like, oh, he just ain't it. He just ain't it. Now everyone knew that. This offseason before the season started, when I was saying that, everyone was like, no, he's good. I did a poll before the season. Who would you rather have as your quarterback, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield won. I Boy. did one like two weeks ago, and Derek Carr won like 92% of the vote. 
people's eyes have been open to how bad he is. He's very inconsistent <laughs> in the game manager. Yeah, Zach and, and I go. talked about that earlier in the year where it was like, it's not like we didn't like Derek Carr. He was just a very easy target. To... Derek Carr is the most underrated quarterback in the yeah. NFL. I love Derek Carr. Yep. Hundred percent. He's a good quarterback. He doesn't have any weapons besides Darren Waller either. I mean, Renfro's been good actually. Hey, no, Renfro's been lighting it up the last few Renfro's weeks. Renfro's good, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's Hunter yeah. Renfro and Darren Waller. I mean, get the guys. Brian Edwards, who's that receivers, guy? Please. Oh, don't get me started on Brian Edwards. We're not. We're not diving <laughs> oh, into that no. rabbit hole. No, oh, no. We're not doing that. What we All are right. doing though is sending you off what a, we hey great first half of the show Very man well. we appreciate you as always if you do not Thanks, follow man. luke what the hell are you doing go do it right now on twitter at luke sawhook not sure if you're on any other social media myspace whatever the kids are on these days i post vlogs on tiktok if you like that kind of thing of my life uh, i've done it i've actually have i had a series where i post a little it's not great i mean it's literally just like me doing whatever the hell i do every day um but i mean i posted um there was this youtube channel called unis honest i really liked that like markiplier ran i don't know if you guys know them um but anyway he did a video every single day and then deleted the channel um i was inspired by it and i did a little personal challenge so i posted a video of like my life every day um for 300 and how many days wow 339 days in a row so if you want to watch 339 minutes to three minute long videos of my life, go check out the TikTok. It's the same as my Twitter. It's a lot less entertaining, but uh, if you like me, maybe you'll enjoy it. How about that? Yeah, we're pretty big on TikTok too. Well, more more so Cole. I just kind there of started. Go, Cole. But yeah, Cole's pretty big. I, do you do body analysis. rolls shirtless? <laughs> no, I break down routes on on TikTok. Unfortunately, a little yeah, bit. Maybe do it shirtless but... next time. Do it shirtless next time and I'll drop a follow. <laughs> Dude, maybe I might do both. Break down routes and be shirtless. That's what I'm saying. That's a good I think, league I think punishment. that would appeal to a, a large number of audiences. It would. Or, or it'd be great. push them away, depending on what the reaction is. <laughs> no, but. it'd be really good. You should do it. Luke Sawhook, everyone. Man, it's so good to have you on. You. Always welcome back. Sure, this won't be the last time we'll have you on the show. Appreciate yeah, you, not. as always, man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, everybody. I'll see you next time. Man, that was that was a blast. That was awesome. I had a great time with Luke. Again, at Luke Sawhook on Twitter. S-A-W-H-O-O-K, literally. Sawhook. That was fun. I don't know how we can follow that up. It's a pretty I high mean, bar. With energy, I guess, because Luke, like, he, he always brings the energy in whatever he does. Like, one of those people where like their Twitter account really personifies like who they are in person. Like, like the person, like you read his tweets and you can like hear his voice speaking them exactly. in, in like the yeah. method that he wants them to be delivered, which I think is like super impressionable as like, as a person that comes across as genuine, you know? And I think that's why Luke has attracted the audience and gotten the opportunities that he has and wow. he's killing it. That's a first round evolve on Luke. Right oh there. yes. Yeah, that for was pretty sure. Nice. But you guys didn't come here for analysis on our guests. You came here for fantasy advice. And of course, we got to rapid fire this crap up. I don't even know where I was going with that. So let's get right into it. Thumbs up, thumbs down, as always. I got five players. Cole's got five players. We'll tell you whether we're putting our thumbs up or down. We'll explain why. And we will keep the ball rolling here on the Breakout Football Podcast. Your five players first or my five players first? Oh, you got to start with me first. Come on now. Yep, always, always. So Cole will say a name. We'll put our thumbs up or down, say whether he should be a weekly starter. That's the theme this week. Whether he should start every week for the rest of the season for you, excluding week 18. That that doesn't count. And then we will give a little quick tidbit on why we put our thumb the way we did. So kick things off, my friend. 
Okay. Carson Wentz, quarterback, Indianapolis Colts. Thumbs up. Let me get it in frame. Yep. Three, two, one. Nope. Pretty easy. Okay, I have my reasons. Why did you put your thumb down? So we both put our thumb d- thumbs down. And look, he's been pretty all right this season. Actually, a little impressive at times as a quarterback. As a fantasy quarterback, though, recently he hasn't been too hot. He had one game over 11 points in the last four games. And I think the bigger reason is, like, even if, even if he's not, like, that bad, I mean, he's been relatively bad recently, there haven't really been any major quarterback injuries to make me think he should be started. Like, okay, maybe you had Jalen Hurts and Wentz at one point, and you you had to start Wentz because there were no better options, but like that's, that's a pretty small scenario in the grand scheme of things. I just can't find a reason to start Wentz like maybe at all for the rest of the season. Yeah. It's so much harder to roll the dice on a player this late in the season, especially in fantasy playoff territory. And Wentz, like he has been on that fringe territory, like you mentioned, quarterback 14 on the season. So like, regardless, it's, it's probably unlikely he's your starter, um, at this point and he also gets new england and arizona for the next two weeks which are just two defenses to avoid so if possible if somehow he is in your starting lineup i'd try and find an alternative but most likely you guys will not be entertaining that at all yeah i wouldn't either all right let's keep it going what's your next player running back david montgomery like we said running backs are kind of scarce at this point are you rolling him out as a weekly starter three two one Thumbs up all around. Yeah. yeah, keep that thumb in frame. If I got to clip this on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, I was about to say, like, for some reason, my, my thumb is, like. Coming in from the side. It's, it's, it's odd. I should just do the other hand. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Some synergy. Uh, Montgomery, primary back in the Bears offense. He's involved enough in the passing game. 16 targets over the last two games. And, again, do you have any better running backs to start? Probably not. Montgomery's a pretty easy weekly starter for me. Yeah, I got logic that follows the same, you know, direction that that you have. I mean, who else can you really trust on the Bears? Um, Nagy should know by now that the offense flows through Montgomery. Good things happen when you hand the ball off to him, even if he does forget to do that at some points Mm -hmm. uh, in the season. But yes, Montgomery should be in your lineup. Mm-hmm. it's exactly like kind of the season we've expected from him or at least hoped aside from like him being hurt for four to five games can't I think it was four games actually I, that's beside the point like this has been like the season we really hoped like bell cow back involved in the passing game playing relatively well he's been nice uh, this next player though bit of a roller coaster a lot of injury in- involved as well but tell the people we were super critical of this player early on in the season. I I think I might've turned a new leaf. I don't know. Clyde Edwards Hilaire in oh the boy. Kansas City Chiefs offense. Thumbs up. Three, two, one. Yeah. I trust him for the rest of the season. Like it, it's surprising because once Edwards Hilaire returned from injury, he's, he's been quite good. And the Chiefs have used him in the red zone. Last week, he had that, that one touchdown where he was met behind the line of scrimmage, kind of finessed a bit, was able to find the edge and then sprinted to the end zone. Like that, that's the sort of patience and mobility that we have been wanting to see from CEH mm-hmm. for so long. Cause it kind of seems like he, he really couldn't break a tackle and, and, and turn in those, you know, explosive plays or, or really get in the end zone at all. He's averaging 15.3 fantasy points over the last three games. So that just shows you, this is a guy that is involved um, is making the most of his opportunity and, and you can trust him for the fantasy playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, my thumb was up too. Just keep that in mind, right? By the way, again, audio medium. We'll make sure to explain whether our thumbs yes. are up or down. I, at first, I was like relatively iffy on it, but like the more I thought about it, again, just kind of comes down to who else do you have? He's producing. Sure, he's not playing more than half the snaps, but he has looked much better than Daryl Williams. And it's kind of, they're using him in a way, like you said, where it's fine that they're splitting time. It's just CEH has been the better back. And let's not forget their upcoming schedule, play the Chargers and the Steelers, who are both in bottom four in FP8 or running backs. Sure, why not? Fire up CEH in your lineups for the rest of the season. I can get behind that. I mean, who cares if Patrick Mahomes is volatile at this point, right, in 2021, when CEH is reaching his final form? Or at least I hope not. You know, at least maybe, you know, 75% of his potential because we, we want to see him do, do better, right? I want to see a little more from him. Definitely. All right. Amari Cooper. We talked about him last week about him returning from COVID used sparingly uh, by the Cowboys uh, in that week that he returned, but kind of rebounded this past week. I'm not sure if I trust him moving forward. Thumbs up. Way to tip your hands. Two, one. (laughs) Literally no pun intended. You tip it. We both tipped our fingers down i felt i can kind of tell by that you were going anti cooper and i'm totally with you there's too many mouths to feed yeah he played well versus washington but they've also allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season and it's not close i am not eager to have him locked in my lineup but i can see a way where he does start each week i can see it i'm just not confident enough to say right now that he is a must start, let alone a player who should like somewhat be starting for you every single week. Too inconsistent. Michael Gallup has been really good when getting the ball. CeeDee Lamb's clearly the wide receiver one. Dalton Schultz has a role. They're getting Tony Pollard the ball when he's healthy. I just can't imagine a world where Cooper is a consistent producer of points moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was about to say. Is It just seems like Dallas has been so good at spreading the football around the season, especially, like you said, in the emergence of Dalton Schultz and Tony Pollard that gives him a, a double-edged sword in the run game. But I think Michael Gallup is the biggest reason why, because he's finally healthy, and I just don't see a reason why he shouldn't take a massive target share um, slice, you know, out of, out of Cooper's pot. Yeah. All right, listen, listen, I got to preface this. Your next player. I have one thing written down in the notes for him. WTF. I have no idea why you have this player in here. I think that tips my hand pretty easily. I am so curious to see what you're going to say or why you even like brought him to the table, but please, by all means, introduce him to the people. This is a Josiah Dewara <laughs> tight end for the Packers. And I only say this because Mercedes Lewis is freaking ancient. And we've seen Robert Tunyon, you know, he's, he's out. Mercedes Lewis was supposed to slide in this tight end one role in the Packers offense, but we've instead seen Dewara kind of emerge as, as Rogers top target for the tight end position. That's not really saying much because obviously Lazard lit it up last week. Devontae Adams is going to be wide receiver one, but I think this is a name to keep an eye on, not maybe for this season, but over the next four games, we'll see how he does, right? Let's put our thumbs up. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say for as, a, as an every week starter, definitely not. Yeah, but, no. What? Yeah, definitely not. But I will say let's evaluate him over these next four weeks because right now we're looking for gems in, at the tight end position, right? There's there's going to be a changing of the guard at some point. And I think Jose D- Dewara might, 
you know, establish himself in this Packers offense where he might carve out a decent target share as one of the young options um, in in the tight end position room. That's what I'm trying to say. So more of a dynasty standpoint on him. I like that. I think next week's segment, this will probably shift a long-term dynasty, get a little uh, futures action in there as we've talked about over the last couple of shows. Because I was like, how the hell could you like even make a case for having him on your roster right now? I literally, yeah. literally, uh, right, it says his name down WTF. That is it. <laughs> that is the only notes I have for him. Mostly, I just looked at the list of, of fi- fancy tight end players, and I was like, God, do I really want to talk about Dalton Schultz again? Pitts, no. Friar Muth already talked about him earlier in the podcast. So I was just looking for a fresh name to talk about because, man, it's like I, I feel like we, we talk about the same tight end yeah. names every single week, and that's why I get burned out of this position. So I was just trying to interject, you know, some, some flavor into this into this Ooh, segment fair enough nah it was spicy it definitely got the, the taste buds churning with that i got five players for you we'll start with tua tongavailoa remember the hidden end in there can't forget that is your yes, thumb going up or that. down is he a weekly starter thumbs in the frame narration coming to you our beloved listener three two one no thumbs down Why? maybe you maybe you could have made the case in the midseason when he was feeding Jalen Waddle the ball and, and Gasecki, but like at this point moving forward like fantasy playoffs are too valuable who is the type of player you roll the dice on when it's matchup based right when mm-hmm. when he has a nice juicy defense that he's facing and you know that he's going to get the ball in the end zone I I just can't really see you taking the same risks at this point in the season with right. so much on the line I praised him in my waiver column. I definitely think he's a good player to have. He's a fine starter, especially this week against the Jets, who have allowed the most points to fantasy quarterbacks. But he doesn't have enough upside to make me want to start him every week, especially with the Patriots on tab. But I think that's week 18, so never mind. He can definitely start some weeks, though, but he's not a player who should be a weekly starter. Rosterable, for sure. A solid backup. Good uh, matchup-based player, but not a starter every week. We kind of touched on this player with Luke, not in the best way. Ezekiel Elliott. Is he a top five, top six pick? Is he a weekly starter? Let's get the thumbs up or down. I'm just saying in general, three, (laughs) two, one, down. You had an emphatic down. My thumb was down too, but yours was, oh man, you were ready to shove that crap to the ground. Why? Well, I wish I could have been a little bit more, um, animated right during luke's little dialogue on tony pollard because man like i tweeted thanksgiving i was like he deserves an austin eckler role in this dallas cowboys offense and it's Mm -hmm. just not going to happen in dallas and i mean we're going to see what happens this offseason if they do truly believe in investing in him but zeke has just been not it and over the past three weeks he's on a downward trend going from 16.9 PPR points to 6.7 to nine. Like he's just middling in that territory. And that's really not what you want to see as fantasy backs, like hit this final leg of, of the fantasy stretch. You want your running backs to be punishing defenses and you want them to be like hard to tackle at this time, at this time in the season, because defenses are banged up. We know running backs run harder. Zeke's the exact opposite. And so that's why you should avoid him. Yeah, definitely. I'm not like so like 100% sold. All right. My thing with Elliot is I'm not 100% sold on benching him 
but I'm not at the same time super confident in starting him. I mean, the last two weeks, he's averaged less than eight points. And yeah, he's played the fourth and second toughest defenses versus opposing running backs, respectively. And that includes Washington, who they play next week. But even with Pollard coming back, I'm starting Zeke this week against the Giants. But beyond that, I just can't make a compelling enough case for how he can get like 15 plus points. So that's why my thumb was down. Injury, right. Like huh? he wore a knee brace and uh, he's admitted that. You he's know still what? Yeah. He is not fully healthy either. He's just not. I mean, at that point in the season, I don't know any running backs that are healthy, like maybe Jonathan Taylor, but he's also a superhuman. So anyway, next player, Brandon, Ayuk, kind of catching fire toward the end of the season after a disappointing start to the season is he a weekly starter Debo Samuel coming back George Kittle is all the way back three two one both our thumbs are up your first yep. thumbs up for my players speak have, your we, case. have we agreed on uh, on every single player no not Dewara. I know that was the that was the album. no no we we both said thumbs down but I think we have agreed on every player okay all right have we Wentz Montgomery CEH Amari Cooper Tua Zeke Yuck. Wow. This okay. is like a far cry from our, our previous episodes. Yeah. Then. We were disagreeing on almost everyone last week. That got heated. But yeah, your case for Ayuk. I mean, mostly just the, it seems like he's out of the doghouse. And I think all the weapons being back helps his case. It's just with all the moving pieces in Shanahan's offense, I feel like Ayuk is, is one of the hardest to keep track of for a defense. And so when all those pieces are healthy, and all of them are, are in their roles and, and doing their jobs and Shanahan's working his play calling magic. I feel like that's when where Ayuk is at its best or is at his best. Mm-hmm. He's seen seven to 11 targets, the 90 percent of snaps the last uh, like what, five to seven games, five, six, seven games. And even in that time, he's reached double digits in all but two games. He's trending up. I'll take him. I'll take him. He, he's look at this point in the season, you have to ride the hot hand. He hasn't been the hottest receiver out there, but he's been hot enough where he's someone who should be in your lineups. One receiver who has been, I don't want to say hot, but he's, he's been surprisingly consistent, but also it is Devonte Parker. So how much can you actually trust him? I have a feeling we will disagree on him and the next player. Okay. So three, two, one my thumb goes up your goes down why are you iffy on parker yeah i'll go first i was sold out on Devonte parker a long time ago and mostly i just think he's a one-trick pony contested catches sideline grabs not really all that elusive explosive it's just he, it's kind of like okay you throw it up to him for your seven yard comeback or your, your first down, you know, slant, that's about it. Just Waddle is so much a better fit for this offense and in, in terms of like opening it up. And yeah. outside of just like those those chunk plays, I don't really see Parker and like maybe he'll get in the end zone like one week, but I don't think you can really rely on touchdowns. Like I've said time and time again, you can't really rely on those end zone scores to carry right. fantasy production unless unless you're a tight end. Unless you're a tight end, but certainly not for receivers. So right. that's why I just think. Like I said earlier, Parker's a one-trick pony. Doesn't really, isn't really all that exciting or install any confidence in me that he can be even a wide receiver three. 
Well, it's interesting because Parker only has one touchdown this season, which made it even more shocking to me that I was saying, okay, he actually is a guy I'd be willing to start every week because he's a strong flex play just based off his averages alone. He's averaging 12.5 points in the only five games he's played. He's only played five games. So health is obviously an issue if he is healthy. I'm fine with putting him in my lineup every week, especially when you look at his next three matchups versus the Jets. They stink. A banged up Saints secondary, let alone banged up defense overall. And the Titans, who are one of the bottom 10 teams in FPA to wide receivers. So believe it or not, I would be totally fine with having Parker in my lineup so long as he is eligible to be in my lineup, but with COVID and his injury history. I remember like early in his career, it was him and Mike Williams. And I tweeted once, it was like, Mike Williams and Devontae Parker have never had a normal catch. <laughs> <laughs> they they have had such similar careers. It's actually yeah. been insane. So, well, we'll see if Williams can uh, re-sign with the Chargers or not and just like be relevant at some point next season because he is in a contract year. And just like Devontae Parker, Williams has balled out for the most part in his contract year. One player left before we get to fan Q&A and unveil some league punishments that were set in. We'll make this one quick so we can get right to it because it's a tight end. I know how much you love tight ends. I keep saying that. Zach Ertz gets the get the, your fists up. Are you starting him every week? Three, two, one. We both put him down. Yep. Pretty self-explanatory, I think. He's just... Seems to be on the border of tight end one. He's not producing enough. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Arizona. What more is there to say? Yeah, there are a lot of mouths to feed. And, you know, Christian Kirk, I think we're going to see Rondell Moore um, get a, a lot more looks mm-hmm. over, over these next, you know, few weeks. Or however, however long is Hopkins out, right? Yeah. Zachers, he may see a bump while Hopkins is out, but – I just, like I said, I think you need to find the te- the end zone as a tight end. And I, Zach Ertz just isn't consistent enough in that area. Uh, he's a great safety blanket for Kyler. And I think he, he's, he's great to move the chains, but I don't really see him as a player Kyler is targeting too much in that area. Exactly. It's mostly yeah. James Conner takes the rock in that area, to be honest. Yeah, like he's got the upside for sure. It's just not like... His floor is pretty damn low right now, even with Hopkins now out. I don't think they're really going to adjust that offense to try to get her. It's the ball more and catch a few passes every now and then, but not someone who should be starting in your lineup. And with that, our fan Q and a adjusted it a bit this week because we did get some league punishments sent in via TikTok. So a lot of Instagram questions here. This first one from Ben Stein underscore. Can I trust Dak this week? Dak Prescott, ladies and gentlemen, playing yeah. the New York Giants. Can you trust him? I think you can trust him every week. Like, uh, I think he's, he's what, a top 10 quarterback, and you're going to start whoever, like, is in, is in that territory, right? It, it shouldn't even be a question. Like, I don't think you have a better option than Dak unless you took a quarterback in not back-to-back rounds, but at least early, like two quarterbacks early in your draft, and – to that, why I say like, congrats on making the fantasy playoffs. Cause I don't know how you did that then. So yeah, I mean, trust, trust Dak this week, trust him every week. There's more than enough weapons in that offense for him to be potent. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can fully trust Dak to be honest. I mean, I really, again, like you said, it depends on your backup, but the giants have allowed the third fewest points to quarterbacks this season. And Dak has been wildly inconsistent since his buy in week eight, which includes two straight 
bad performances. Now, again, he did drop 20 points on the Giants in week five. That's very nice. But I'm not tethered to him. I'd consider Kirk Cousins or Tua over Dak this week. Hmm. Maybe Jimmy G or Fields, because it does seem like Dak's floor has been getting a little bit lower each week. Still, I'd probably end up starting him. It's just kind of like you said, it really depends on who your backup is. All right, you take the next question. Yeah, let's get it. Instagram from jbax 21 Not a difficult name this time. I Thank Running backs that. are bare. Do I roll the dice with James Robinson any longer? Hell You're shaking your head no. Now. Hell no. I don't even think James Robinson wants to roll the dice with James Robinson anymore. I definitely <laughs> Urban Meyer doesn't. But then again, nobody wants to roll the dice with Urban Meyer at this point. Uh, this is the second straight week, actually, where Robinson is my sit of the week. I actually included the exact question that I was sent in my start sit column for TDN, which I will now read a snippet of because I think it sums up my thoughts it. perfectly. Exactly. You got to do it. Uh, last week I said, and this is a quote, I'm not a fan of Robinson's risk this week, especially in such a dysfunctional Jacksonville offense. My fears came true as Robinson rushed for four yards on six carries to the horrifying tune of 0.4 fantasy points. Is there a chance Robinson bounces back against the Texans' putrid run defense? Sure, but there's still a chance he gets outplayed by Carlos Hyde again for some reason. You should not trust anyone in Jacksonville right now. Plain and simple. Don't do it. Do not roll the dice on J-Rob. Yeah, I also feel like this is kind of experimentary territory, right? Or experimental territory with, with Jaguars and, and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, like, yeah. why not just have Trevor Lawrence gun the ball the entire game, right? Why You don't need to see more from James Robinson. You need to see more from your potential franchise quarterback and how he meshes with the offense. Because, like I said, with LaVisca Chanel, and I think it was, what, Chris Conley running into like them they they ran like post routes or or one ran a corner one ran a post and they ran into each other and it's like seriously this is an NFL franchise and that is happening on game day and the ball was almost picked too which Lawrence threw so obviously some things need to be ironed out in the passing game and I just think over these next uh over these next three weeks you want to see what you, what Trevor Lawrence can do mm-hmm. You want to see what Urban Meyer can do. God dang. He is. Has, has there been a more universally like hated coach in recent history just by like everyone? Uh, what are the chances he's one and done. He, it, it has to be pretty high knowing him. I mean, then again, uh, Jaheed Khan, their owner is pretty like not like he, he likes to keep their coaches is what I'm trying to say. He's a relatively yeah. loyal guy to the coaches. Like Doug Marone stuck around yeah, he way was there too forever. long. So maybe that's what happens with Meyer. Uh, this next question coming from TikTok, Damon, few underscores, a few of them. Pick two between Michael Carter, Zeke, Rashad Penny, and Jamal Williams. So Carter, Zeke, Penny, Williams. You got to pick two. Which two are you going with? Probably Zeke and Penny. Mm-hmm. My thoughts exactly. I think I gassed up Penny a lot earlier in the podcast and a lot of those reasons, um, you know, will pertain here. This Rashad Penny seems to have the starter role on lock. And it, it, if you're choosing between that group of iffy starters and backups, I think Penny is honestly one of the safest out of the, that group of four, just because you know he's going to get a high workload. And like I said, like Seattle doesn't really have much to lose by seeing how many times they can hand the ball off to Penny and, and, just see his potential that they've been waiting on for so long. 
Zeke, you know, he's going to get his touches in the Cowboys offense. You know, maybe he scores a touchdown. Maybe his knee is healthier this week. Um, like, like I said, it's, it's, he's just a more consistent option out of those four. Well said. I'd go with Zeke and Penny with the side of prayers uh michael carter prayers i love that yeah michael carter is gonna play it was confirmed by robert sala but bad matchup against the dolphins maybe he'll get some targets there with jamal williams i just like do we know anything about the lions backfield right now luke kind of talked about craig reynolds earlier and i'm just like listen i will not be touching detroit's running backs this week hell i won't be touching jacksonville's i won't be touching buffalo's houston's carolina's a lot of running back situations to just stay away from. I think the Lions are one of them. Yeah, like I didn't do a pretty good job hyping up Josiah Dewara earlier in the podcast. <laughs> but, but Luke like ooze confidence talking about Craig Reynolds. So, I mean, that kind of gives makes me a little wary of Jamal Williams. Yeah, there you go. All right, last question. It's the start-sit question before we got a few league punishments we like to read out, if you don't mind. From Instagram, mbruck 15 Bateman, Marvin Jones, Jacoby Myers, or Melvin Gordon? It's half PPR. Yeah. Need to fill a flex and a wide receiver three. So pick two of those players. Essentially, one of them has to be a receiver between Rashad Bateman, Marvin Jones, Jacoby Myers, and Melvin Gordon. I'm definitely Xing out Gordon for how much we just hard eyes over Javante Williams. I, definitely Bateman, I'd say. Definitely oh, Bateman because okay. you know he's going to get his targets. And like you said, he had good chemistry with Tyler Huntley. So between it's between Marvin Jones and Jacoby Myers for me. I have Marvin Jones on my fantasy team. And he's great filling that that like wide receiver three flex role. He's not really great for anything other than that. Jacoby Myers, it kind of seems like it's a it's a carousel every every week in New England to who gets the target share. So I don't know. That's why I'd say Marvin Jones and, and Bateman. I would disagree with you on Melvin Gordon. I think he's probably the clear starter, especially because really? of his half PPR. Yeah, uh, like with Gordon, he just kind of gets the job done. And keep in mind, he did see more playing time, more opportunities than Williams last week. He's not super involved in the passing game, but I like his floor relative to the other guys. And that's kind of what made this decision. I don't trust Marvin Jones. I don't trust Jacoby Myers. Patriots not throwing the ball enough. They're going to play Indianapolis. We, we, that should be a run-heavy game. And then what, the Jaguars get the Texans? Who knows how that game could go. But the, tre- Look, the Trevor Lawrence show, right? You want to see how be. much you get out of your rookie quarterback? Yeah, like I said, like we're, we're just projecting at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know why I've soured on Melvin Gordon. Maybe it's just the Deontay Williams talk, or maybe it's just because I feel like he's such a leech anywhere he ends up. Uh, he was a leech on the on the Chargers, and he's he's been a leech on the Broncos. So, I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's just me being a little bit too, uh, you know, antagonistic on on Melvin Gordon. He is they, like the running back. What? What? Uh, like I don't know. Why don't you check that while we review the league punishments that we were sent in? So last week at the end of the show, Cole spontaneously said, "Hey, what are some of your league punishments? Send them in." We got a couple good ones. I think these are my two favorites I had to point out. One of them is from Drip underscore Skylark, who last week we helped him starting Kyler or Taysom Hill. We told him Kyler. Taysom outperformed Kyler, I believe. I actually don't know how that game ended. I'll have to figure that out. But 
This week he came back and said, this is the fantasy punishment, which he could be in play for. He has to perform, or the loser has to perform stand-up comedy at a local comedy club written by the winner of your league. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. That would be, that's literally an Impractical Joker's punishment right yeah, there. Yeah, I was that about to say, bad. like, the first part of that doesn't really sound like a punishment. Like, I don't know. I'm not the best talker, but stand-up comedy, that, that'd be, like, a, a good thing to try at least, you know, one time in your life. But you then written by the it? winner of your league? Oh, gosh. Like how many terrible jokes could, could you come up with? Right. Because it's like, you have to go up there and memorize the jokes that somebody else wrote for yeah, you, which are probably atrocious. Right. And think about it like this. You probably have all your league mates in the crowd too. And you already know they're going to be booing. I mean, probably laughing at the same time because of how horrendous it is, but they'll definitely bring some be... fruit to throw at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I always said my, if I were to do a league punishment, like it'd be, well, it should be something that like can't be enforced or like, it can't be something like, Oh, like you have to wear this. Cause what's stopping the person from just saying like, I'm just not going to wear it, you know? So mine was always like, you just have to do something that they can't have control over, which would be put like as much fruit as you can, just like in their mattress or have them like, or just like put fruit in their backpack. It's funny. You said fruit. Cause this is what I've always said. Or like <laughs> something, something ridiculous, like put like tie a watermelon to them or something, you know, and just like, they have to, like, they can't untie it. Right, just chain a watermelon and they have to drag it around like yeah (laughs) yeah or or they'd have to eat it to make it less like less weight that that would be funny too. tie a watermelon to someone they have to finish it yeah to get off (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean one year this like is not as creative but uh my friend who's an eagles fan he lost the league and so we found the largest dallas cowboys car decal we could find on amazon we all pitched in like you know, just five bucks for it and just put that on the rear view uh, window of his truck. And it had to stay there until the NFL draft. So every time he reversed, he had to look at this giant star just on the, on the back of his, uh, on the, his truck. And it was, Dude, I feel I know, like the, it pained him every single time. I feel like those things don't come off though. No, it, it came off. Like he, uh, he took it off the second the draft ended. We watched him do it. Huh. Nice. Uh, by the way, there wasn't another punishment sent up. I'd feel like we should at least, I should at least read it from Hudson's LB 39. Uh, something simple loser wears snow pants and a wife beater tank top to high school. He then adds we're freshmen, which I think adds to it because you know, it's like a freshman in like high school. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh man, like you gotta be self-conscious about what you wear. You don't want like anyone, you don't want to like stand out for the wrong reason. By the time you're a senior, it's like, Screw it! I'll wear basketball shorts and a t-shirt. I don't care. But as a freshman, you show up, especially because I don't know where this is from. Like, let's say this is like a twenty-degree day in like upstate New York. Oh yeah, like Minnesota. Imagine. (laughs) Yeah, a tank top, bro. Jeez. Or even then, it's like seventy-five degrees down here right now. We're in snow pants on a sunny, hot Florida winter day. Yeah, that's just bad. No, no matter like where you're located, Uh you know, no matter geography, right? Yeah. There are definitely some good league punishments out there. It's nice to see it become more of a norm in fantasy leagues. Not not for like I, I don't have any league punishments in my league, but just to see them play out. Oh, they're they're hilarious. They're good stuff. Just like 
this episode was. This was a great episode. I had a week 15, two Saturday games, got a Thursday night game. Uh, TBD, if there will be an episode next week because I will be on vacation. It just might be too much of a hassle, but we, I'll be active. So either way, it's hard to follow up an episode like this with Luke Sawhook on in the first half. I don't know if you got any other thoughts before we say our final words, including a little ad read from Link Me. No, I mean, even if we don't record next week, you guys know where to find us on, on socials. That's Zach Cohen FB at Ham Analysis on Twitter and TikTok. I mean, even if we can't help you in your fantasy playoff week on like through this podcast, we can still respond to you on social media. So make sure to hit us up there. We'll definitely take care of y'all. Mm-hmm. 100%, buddy. 100%. And with that, for the Breakout Football Podcast, sponsored by Link Me, a one of a kind social media slash link sharing app. Again, if you have content, like you have a, your TikTok, your Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, you can put it all on one page and people can go to that link and see everything of your content. It's like a compartmentalized website with the addition of like being a social media app, a great way to connect with people, uh, share your content, just really talk and meet people. And it's growing really, really fast. So download it, link me, L-I-N-K-M-E. With that, this has been the Breakout Football Podcast. I am Zach Cohen of the Draft Network. Cole already said where you can find us. He is Cole Topham of the Devil's Digest. Cole, send us home. Yeah, go catch those dubs, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.